and welcome back to another episode of The Latest Thread. We are all so happy that you tuned in to watch. Today we are going to just talk about a variety of topics that we found on the Gamble Facebook um, groups. Uh, things that you may uh, have seen in the posts and maybe even commented on yourself. But we wanted to chime in and just add our uh, perspective and our two cents to some of the questions that we saw. So I'm going to share my screen and we will start. And I just want to make sure, can you guys see that first question? Yes. Yes. Sometimes I don't do the share screen right, I guess. I'll just make it a little bigger. There we go. Okay. So Susan's machine is skipping stitches, but only horizontally. Vertical is fine. Oh, I would check your encoder, make sure it's um, tight or your wheel's not cracked. Your, the little rubber encoder wheel, something's not stuck on it or cracked. Because if it's only gone one way, it's probably something with the encoder. That's your clue, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a great way to form that question because sometimes people say, I'm getting skipped stitches, but we need more information. So that was really helpful to give as much information as possible. And a lot of times the first answer is always that timing. No. <laughs> but in my experience, it's never been timing. Well, and there's a Not trick for me to, anyway. Well, there's a trick to timing too, because a lot of people will post you know, post that my I have to redo my timing. If you have perfectly spaced needle holes, even though your thread is skipping, it's not timing because it's making that perfect stitch. It's something with the thread or your encoder, something that's not not making the thread work. Nothing to do with timing. Yeah. But they do, everybody. Oh, it's timing. You're right. Every time. Good thing it's not always the right answer, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So I don't think this was posted one hour ago. No, that's um, usually. <laughs> <laughs> but Susan, we hope you got some answers to your question um, beforehand too. But for everybody else that might have the same issue, it's really, really easy thing to, to change. It's just like the tires on your car. When they start to kind of get worn, they don't perform as well, right? And even so, it could be just like a little piece of thread stuck on there where it's not rolling right mm -hmm. yeah or it's like that's preventing it from getting full contact yeah with the track right or the, the frame frame that runs along frame mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah cool okay looks like this is a new member make this bigger too i like that you're making it bigger because i don't have to squint <laughs> well i could have took my glasses off now in hindsight <clears throat> oh well um okay so first off um, you are going to buy your wife a long arm, so good for you. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good person right now, a good partner right yes. there. <clears throat> okay, so where to start? What would you guys suggest? Um, website and dealer, I guess, because you, you know, if, unless you're crazy remote, you, you, if you call your dealer, you should be able to go check one out. Or and a lot of them now are zooming, I think, with mm. with, with customers for a um, consult. Mm -hmm. And probably you you can go to the right to the website first to even find out where where a dealer is. Is there even is there one close to you or? Yeah, because the website shows a map where the dealers are. Mm -hmm. 
close. <clears throat> and sometimes the dealers actually have um, pre-owned machines. Mm -hmm. Trade-ins and, and trade-ups, yep. Exactly. And um, I mean, I, I, I have purchased two times a pre-owned Gamble and um, they hold their value. Yeah, my plus was pre-owned when I got it. Mm -hmm. So it yeah. was mine. Yep, mine too. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, a little bit about us, right? <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, if you buy a pre-owned machine, you know, like uh, Sharon said, they hold their value yeah. and their performance um, really well. But um, what I did once I bought mine, I had the dealer come out, number one, to move it safely, and number two, to do, um, um, you know, tune-up on it mm -hmm. to make sure everything was working well. So, mm -hmm. especially well, you if you're there. moving it. So. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> What's well, a good investment? I think when we had Andrew on the show, um, maybe a couple of months back, he was saying about how, um, you know, he talks to people on a regular basis that um, maybe come into some money through an inheritance or something like that. And um, thinking about what to do with that money and if buying a quilting machine is a wise decision and because they hold their values so well, it's, it's kind of reassuring to spend special money on, mm -hmm. on something like that. Yeah. Right? But what a, a wonderful, wonderful gift. Yes. Awesome. So start with your dealer and then um, hopefully, hopefully they can do some test drives in house. Yeah. Currently. And the, the, the Facebook page is, is a, a group is a great place to be in too, because I don't know if people post any, anything for sale privately, but um, not, not even just for that, but just to get the confidence that you're making the right decision, mm -hmm. you know, reading people's experiences. Oh, this is a great question. <coughs> What's the difference between an Elevate and a Statler? Awesome question. You guys want to go? Oh, I've gone first on every one. I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> Ava. <laughs> All right. So the Elevate is a computerized machine that's based on a tablet. It's run through a tablet. Whereas the Stackler is the full-blown computerized version, and it runs off on the software itself. I hope I explained that properly. Well, and it elevates more entry level. Correct. <clears throat> I, we don't want to say there's limitations, but... You know, a couple of us have both the Elevate and the Statler, and myself included. And so, therefore, you know, by using it, there are limitations um, between one and the other. But it all depends. I think the main thing you have to ask yourself is, why do you want to buy either or? Mm -hmm. Are you quilting for customers, doing mostly edge-to-edge? then uh, the Elevate is, you know, a great starter point, at least. Um, if you're wanting to do more custom quilting and are not comfortable doing free motion custom quilting yourself, 
then maybe the Statler would be, you know, and better option for you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the Elevate, they, you know, they say it, it does blocks, single rows and edge to edge. Mm -hmm. There is a lot you can do with the Elevate if you're yeah. creative and kind of think outside the box. And we've got, <clears throat> each of us have a class on the Elevate that we've put up on the Gamble Education site um, that kind of takes it a little bit beyond the basic edge to edge and the basic block idea. But Ava's right. You have to ask yourself what it is that you want to do. So it's not so much that that, that you focus on what the, the Elevate can't do, but you focus on what it is that you want to do. So if you don't need to have all of the features that the Statler has, then, you know, why, why pay for those things? Um, but a good way to find out what those differences are is to download the software because you can download the software for uh, Creative Studio. I don't think that you can do it with the Elevate, but you can see what the basic differences are by playing with the software and see if, hey, I'm never going to ever use that. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, I think, I think too, there's kind of that ease of use thing, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're someone who's not, Techie. I don't know, like a computer person <laughs> or you don't consider yourself, you know, technology savvy, mm -hmm. you know, the Elevate is plug and play. It's an app, you know, you have a touch screen and you touch it like any other app on your, you know, tablet that you might have. And it, you know, there's that, I think. I, I don't know. It's kind of why I like it because I am not, I wouldn't consider myself a computer person. So, you know, I just touch, Oh yeah, this, 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 and you know, it's done. So I think when they, when they were testing it, I think they actually tested it on some people that weren't even quilters at all. So <clears throat> to see if they could follow the prompts and actually quilt a quilt and most of them were able to, okay, it, it's telling me exactly what to do next. So mm -hmm. Yeah, very simple and straightforward for sure. Um, as far as the cost goes, I don't know. Talk to your dealer. We, we and the prices sometimes. Um, I don't. I know that Gamble is is uh, awesome about not playing the pricing game and um, going back and forth and haggling on things like that. They're very fair with their their pricing, but sometimes there are some promotions mm -hmm. that happen. So. Um, always best to go onto the website, find out who your closest dealer is and talk to them about uh, pricing. I think you can even build your own machine on yes, the website too. The website. So, yeah. So that, that'll tell you right down to the penny, I think. Mm -hmm. So you guys in the U.S. still have pennies. We don't. <laughs> Some of us still have pennies. We don't Some have of us pennies. have been shopping too much. <laughs> I have jars of pennies. I have jars of them but I can't do anything with them. <laughs> yeah, that's because I, I actually was rolling some change and I was like amazed by how many Canadian pennies I had in mind. And I'm like, where yep. did these even come from? They're giving them to us in our change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Penny laundering, that's what that's called. <laughs> Getting rid of them over here. <laughs> I'm going to just ship you guys a whole bunch of pennies. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So can I, Kimmy, she's a new member. Yay. Welcome, Kimmy. I can't, can I buy a free motion machine and add the computer to a later date? Jody, why don't you go first? You absolutely can. I mean, and you know, I think, uh, I don't know. I think it's, 
probably a cool thing to do it that way because you know as teachers we know we see people in class all the time you know and freehand can be you know you have to learn it, it it's not like you don't just grab that machine and think you're gonna do as an example what you see all over stuff on the internet you know so you know some people you just practice and practice and you're good with it some people find it just isn't for them yeah you know for one reason or another not that they can't do it because i think anyone can do it but sometimes people are more a perfectionist and you know at that point then maybe you decide it's not for you and you add it on and you can use the computer okay. or if you're like some of us you can add the computer on if you get so much business and you have all these edge to edge things and you can let the computer do all that work instead of you. <laughs> well, I find that, you know, it's a great idea to start out and free motion, learn how to free motion quilt and then add the computer later because that makes you a lot more versatile in your quilting. Because for those of us that have a computerized system, um, we find that a lot of times it's much easier and quicker to add free motion quilting instead of relying on the computer solely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it makes you a much more versatile quilter. So it's probably actually a good idea to add the computer later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, um, and that's the way I started. So maybe I'm biased because that was my journey, but I feel like having that, chance to really connect with your machine that makes sense you i mean there's things that you can feel through the handles i mean i can just sense when i'm going to run out of bobbin thread i can feel if there's a thread in one of the wheels you know those are those are those kinds of things that really put you in tune with it your eyes are always on your stitching so you're constantly monitoring and paying attention to your stitch quality and and all those things that um, I think are really helpful to give you a good foundation as a quilter before you, you branch out. I mean, I'm, I'm confident enough now to set my computerized machine to quilt something and walk away. But, you know, if, if you're, if you're a first time user or a really new user, then having those experiences up front and really learning those things about your machine, I think is a, is a really good foundation to have. Yeah. So yeah and as we previously spoke you have a couple of options there's not just one option for computerized going computerized you can you can decide which you want to what's better for you based on how you're doing and once you're comfortable with that free motion then hey you know what like ava said i can go with the elevate because i can add some freehand stuff on my own so those choices are good to have okay Alan asked, how do we keep our batting and quilt top off the floor when you're floating? She's seen a trough, not sure how it was made. Um, Karen, you start. Me? Okay. Um, 
I don't float. So yeah, my, my batting and quilt top are only on the floor until I'm done basting it. So, but I, I've seen that same trough she's talking about, which it's like a, just a, like a muslin or a sheet hammock kind of thing that everything sits in there. But I don't know. In my mind, it's like six to one half dozen the other. I mean, these machines make dust. I mean, if, if you're stitching all day long, every day, that, that needle going through the fabric makes dust. So in my mind, there's dust on the floor. There's also dust in your trough. Okay. <laughs> And so, your cat wants to sleep in it now. Well, yeah, I don't have a cat. Well, yeah. I was, <laughs> was going to say, I think that makes a difference. I float and, you know, I just make sure that after every quilt, I sweep up or vacuum the floor. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't have cats. And, but I can see why some people would be concerned because those cats, they seem to want to make the batting and stuff a bed and pull on it and they could get ugly. Mm -hmm. So I think it depends on your situation. You yeah. know, just make sure you're working in a semi-clean area, I guess. <laughs> but well, I mean, even, even if you don't float, there's that rare chance that that red or black thread is going to get behind that white top, you know, so you have to know yeah. how to deal with all those things. Yeah, I generally don't really, I'm not floating that much either. So I, but when it's hanging there, I usually just fold it all back up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And put it right at the belly bar. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you're not, <clears throat> if you're not basting your quilt to the top leader, then the bar that your top leader is on is available. Mm -hmm. So you can use that as a, a shelf to drape oh, that over cool. and tuck yeah. it in yeah. to keep mm -hmm. it off the floor with both the batting and the, um, and the top. But man, we have a black, big black dog and we have two black cats and we're swiffering constantly because, and we have hardwood floors, so no carpet to eat up all of the hair. Mm -hmm. So it will stick to every piece of batting that touches the floor. So constant swiffering and then keeping those quilts up off the floor for sure. Um, I don't think we have any recipe for the trough or the hammock and how to make it. I'm sure if you Google it, somebody will have a, have a idea somehow. It's probably very simple, but gosh, if you have pets, I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> but that, but that top, if you're floating, that, that top bar is um, the, the top leader bar is available. So yeah. That's the easiest solution. You don't have to make a hammock or a, or a trough or anything. Okay. Tiffany, does anyone with a Vision 2210 have a soft touch switches? These are relatively new mm -hmm. and we're thinking that maybe Gamel has done a little video on them. Maybe it was a Facebook Live. We're trying to recall that. Um, <laughs> And so what the differences might be between the original switches and do you like them? I don't have a 22, I have a 26. And I do have the soft touch switches on my, my Classic Plus. Um, and they're great. Like, it's just like, doop. you get no, you know how like on, on, on the red and black switches, if, if you were doing something or, or well, I shouldn't say single stitching because you can hold that. But if you're doing a lot of start and stop, you, you, your thumb starts to hurt and with the new soft touch with it's like just sometimes I think my pulse sets it off really they're they're super soft <laughs> it's just 
barely touching it. So, so no thumb stress at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really <laughs> it's a new word, thumb stress. <laughs> oh, I know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> we have thumb stress happening. <laughs> yeah, they're very, they were easy, super easy to install. And yeah, I like them. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, we have the the soft test switches on our Statler, and um, yeah, they're just just so breezy. They just feel like you're, yeah, you know, just, it's like, like when you first went, loud. <laughs> it's like when you first went from rotary dial to push button. Like it was like Ooh. whoa. Ooh, from when you went to push button to touch screen. There you go. That's exactly yeah. what it's like. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They are super super nice. Okay. Phyllis wants to know if there are any suggestions to help eliminate pulling the nap through to the top while using a backing like cuddle or fireside or something that's fuzzy like minking that's got quite a, a long nap. This is a really, really good question. I get to stay out of this because I don't like cuddle and minky and <laughs> same. <laughs> well, we use it all the time. All the time we have uh, people bringing uh, big fuzzy blankets, Costco blankets, all kinds of interesting things for, for backings because it's cold here. So we like our big fuzzy heavier quilts. But you get that little fiber from the backing that pops through and sure enough, it'll probably be like a, a beautiful deep red back and then they've got a ton of white on the top. Mm-hmm. So with every stitch, a tiny bit of those fibers pull up and shows on the surface and um, if you scratch it from the back does it work or no can you imagine sitting there scratching all of those i don't know i have ocd that i would probably like that (laughs) entire well i've heard that i i haven't seen this because we don't see the quilts after they go home and they're being used and washed but i have heard that some of it is eliminated with the first wash Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, what we have found is the very best, um, solution for that. And we'll talk to our customers about this before we even quilt the quilt is that, um, if you're going to use a thread on the top that is contrasting, so I wouldn't use a white thread on top because you're really going to see it, So you would try to match the color as close as possible to whatever the backing is. Because then if that fiber comes through and you've got red on the and bottom and red, right? It just kind of disguises that little bit of a fiber popping up. Um, but not everybody wants to see red thread on stitching on top of white fabric. So it's a conversation that we have before it even gets quilted. And maybe you want to save this backing for something else, just a consideration. And some people just, fine, go ahead and quilt it, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So. Eva, do you do many with that? Um, I was just wondering if a firmer batting would, you know, help pull some of that through. I mean, I've used Minky and I did not have, the, you know, nothing pulled through, but I know there's a big difference between some of those really furry um, backings like that. Yeah, some of them are like a 70s rug. <laughs> Just like a, like a shag rug. <laughs> I don't know if a thicker backing. I mean, we we are using Hobbs eighty twenty. No, I meant a firmer, firmer, a firmer, so. yeah. like denser, more dense. Yep. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's, that's, yeah, we haven't tried a different one, but. Or even maybe one that has a really, mm, like a good scrim. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them you can actually see the scrim. Yeah. That might even. It'd be worth experimenting with. Yeah, you can let us know your results. Sharon. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not gonna jump on that, Karen. That's all you. No, no. <laughs> I don't like to experiment on a customer quilt. Like I said, I'd rather have that conversation up front. In Just keep a little square of all these cuddle backings. Just <laughs> piece yeah. it together. The worst is the Costco blanket. I mean, the Costco blankets are awesome. They quilt really, really nicely, but they've got a really thick uh, edging on them. So um, sometimes people will bring them in and they've sewn two pieces together and literally the seam is like an inch and a half tall and it stands up like a, like a tree. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to piece a Costco blanket together, you cut that, cut that uh, thick piece off for sure. So, okay. I know who's going to want to answer this question. Whoa, that's super big. <laughs> I can see it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Susan wants to know, what are your thoughts on the microfill handle? Love, 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 love. And um, I use them a lot in a weird way. <laughs> I use one down and then my regular handle. So I, I quilt like this a lot because this is my control and yet this is my push and my movement. But they're amazing. I mean, the, the detail you can get with them is crazy. Like you, you can do tiny, tiny, tiny little quilting with no issues at all. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, almost I like a pencil grip. Handles also, and when I do use them, I sit on my um, chair, scoot it into the machine, and it just gives really nice control. And you, like Karen said, you can get really, really small and it still look good. And, you know, then I don't use stitch regulated um, when I'm using those for most of the quilting. So it's pretty smooth quilting using the micro handles. Well, so you take your, your regulator off so you're quilting in constant mode so that you can do the right. tiny stuff uh, and get really nice little curves. And, yeah, and I'm right up close, you know, both with the handles and by me sitting right, you know, right in yeah. front of me. We had actually done a maintenance minute, I guess that's what they called those little videos on the micro handles. And mm -hmm. I, Jody was even using it like with a ruler. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was, that was good. I mean, I have a set and I bought them when I had my old machine, which was not regulated. Um, and I didn't like them because it, it just, it, it wasn't practical. You know what I mean? Because I had no regulator. So how do I push the button? You know, I need to be ready because it's little detail. So it, it just was like, yeah, this isn't working. Yeah, you'd have to have one hand ready to go and it would be yeah. in left hand. And if you're not left hand. Yeah, and so it was like the one up, one detail. down. Right. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't. It so it just didn't work so much for me. And I never tried, I never put them back out when I got this. Yeah, I think they're helpful if you, um, if you've done a bun of your, bunch of your um, structure quilting, like your, your ruler work and you've defined all your structure and then you're gonna go back in and do your fills instead of doing your fills right away while you're there. It mm -hmm. might, that might be easier because then you're not, I mean, I found that 
with doing rulers and going back and forth because I like to quilt what I'm doing right there when I'm there instead of going back to it. So then I'd have to bring up the handle to make room for my hand and ruler and then put it back down again. And so it, I think it depends on what your style of quilting is, but it absolutely does give you so much control when your hands are so like right, the closer your hands are to the quilt, the more control you have, right? So for teeny, teeny, tiny stuff, um, they're, they're awesome. I think they're a good investment. And they, they scoop, scooch up right out of the way. Mm -hmm. So you can just keep them on your machine all the time and then they're not in your way. Okay. <clears throat> so Jessica needs some guidance. She's got an applique quilt. It's not super old, but she wants to know how um, we would approach quilting it. Uh, would you stitch over top of the applique? Um, simple edge to edge, maybe custom. We did an entire episode on quilting on quilts with applique on it. And there was just a ton of great information. All four of us shared our tips for working on quilts with applique. And uh, so that would be a really good, good one to watch. Um, but we could probably offer some fresh tips here. I totally quilt on that applique. <laughs> Like not not crazy dense, but I mean, add some some detail to those flowers, and definitely ditch it so it like pops up and has lots of detail. I also quilt on applique because I just find, and like Karen said, not a whole lot, but going around the center, you know, petals, maybe <clears throat> adding a little bit something in each one of the you know petals. But the goal is to make the flowers pop and look more realistic. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't put anything in there, it's just gonna, even if you ditch around it, it's just gonna be a big glob, you know, that, that doesn't look very realistic. So um, I get a lot of applique quilts from my customers and um, I always try to encourage, you know, them to, to see it where, you know, <laughs> when I make a suggestion that they want them to look realistic, you know, so they usually go for that. Well, even, even, you know, beyond the realistic part, like on those leaves and that border, they look, you know, probably about four or five inches wide at least. And if you don't have any quilting there, over time, it's going to almost, um, well, it's going to sag, but a and lot of times I notice things that aren't quilted, the fabric disintegrates over time where there's no quilting. So the quilting actually helps to extend the life of the quilt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of, I usually put, like this, I would definitely put something on there just because, I mean, I can't, from the picture, it looks pretty big. So I would do something, but I don't like to do a whole lot on the applique because to me, that needs to be the point of, you know, that's the relief in the quilting. So I usually will try to do evenly balance it, I guess is the thing, right? Because I want it to be definitely less quilted than everything else around it because you spent all that time, you know, to do the applique. So I want to put a little bit on there to keep it so it doesn't look saggy and... Mm -hmm stuff but not overly done so yeah. I kind of just gauge it by the density of what's near it and what's 
you know, it needs to be a lot less than yeah. in my mind anyway. It's like a simple echo or something in each pedal, yeah. just something there. Yeah. Right. Well, and especially, obviously this looks like a bed quilt, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I think Jody is right, you know, that, you know, you don't want to over quilt the applique. It has to be in balance and how it's going to be used with, you know, the rest of the quilting that's going to happen. So you get the overall result by it being a bed quilt. Wall hangings, you can approach very differently with applique. Yeah, if it's going to be a bed quilt, <clears throat> that's that's one of the things I would ask Jessica is what's what's going to be the use of this quilt? Is it going to be um, snuggled with regularly? Is it going to be on display on a wall or something like hung? Um, because I mean we've 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 heard three um, approaches on custom for it, but if you wanted to do an edge to edge on it, you could totally do that and um, maybe just choose something a little bit more dense, not something too, too open, mm -hmm. so that it touches an even amount of the applique um, fairly evenly instead of um, being too open and then just one line running through a flower and it just kind of looks odd and, and random. Um, so I, I wouldn't hesitate to put an edge to edge on a quilt like this. And if you really don't want to see a color of thread running over top of those flowers, we quite often use um, the clear monopoly thread by Superior. Mm -hmm. And then you see wonderful texture, but it doesn't look ready. So it doesn't take away from the applique work that has been done. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes too, um, an edge to edge works really well because it, it kind of creates a screen. You know, you get the texture and you see that it's quilted, but the star really remains that you see that applique. Mm -hmm. through it kind of so yeah i would quilt through it too if they wanted an edge to edge i think it would be beautiful with an edge to edge with like florals and feathers and and like something really pretty like that to fill all of that cream open space so this quilt is our last uh question but it's also um a prompt, a reminder for me to tell everyone that we have something special planned for the new year um, on the latest thread. We are going to do some episodes where you can actually join us on the show, um, pop in as a special guest and show us your quilt. And the four of us will um, share our ideas and thoughts on how you might quilt that quilt. And so if you are interested in participating in that, being a guest on our show. Um, you'll want to just stay tuned and watch the Gamble Facebook pages because we will be doing a call out for um, guests. And so we'd love to have you on the show. This is, this is kind of, um, we, we thought about this because last year when we did the tour, it's almost two years ago now, um, in the Q&A, <laughs> yeah, such a long time now, in the Q&A section of, at the end of the tour, we, uh, or sorry, would be the end of the first day, I think we did it. Yeah. Um, we welcomed people to bring, quilters to bring their quilts, and the educators that were on that, uh, at that location would give their suggestions, computerized or freehand, um, how to quilt that quilt. Mm -hmm. And so this would kind of bring that element back to everyone to be able to see four different perspectives and ideas on 
how do I quilt that quilt? So that's coming in the new year. So you'll want to stay tuned for some of us are really excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so let's just say it this way too. You're welcome to be a guest with us on the show, but there may be uh, some of you that really want to submit something, but are maybe a little bit nervous or don't want to appear on the show with us. And we'll talk about ways for you to get your quilt pictures to us um, and do kind of a consult with you to figure out how we can do that if you can't be with us live on the show. So. Um, yeah. So I uh, hope you guys have all enjoyed our tidbits and little helpful suggestions on all of these different topics. And have a wonderful day, and we will see you the next time on the latest thread. Bye. Bye.